What are the things that you do without even thinking about it? Really, when it comes down to it, we're all just a bundle of habits. And if our habits make us who we are, then what do your habits say about who you're becoming? We want to hold a conversation around forming habits that help us follow Jesus. Welcome to Season 2 of The Inhabit Podcast. Season 2, Episode 3. Yes, we've been talking about the good news of Sabbath, and really this episode is all about the practicalities of Sabbath in a modern world when we have iPhones and our culture is 24-7. How, how, do, how do we actually do this thing? Yeah, it's a good question. And I guess at this point, in our previous two episodes, we've talked about how the, the why of Sabbath and what's at the heart of Sabbath, and we've addressed the objections to Sabbath, but this is really where we want to start to get into the how. Yep. Um, so what does it actually look like on the ground, in real people's lives, uh, in the modern world? Mm. Yeah, I think, I think the first thing to say is that Sabbath is more than just a day off, um, and there, there has to be some more... Um, boundary and perimeter around those things to find more freedom in 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 the practice of sabbath and so it's not just taking a day off your paid work it's actually more than that because i could just say well i have double sabbath every weekend i have two days where i'm not in my job you know people could say something like that they could say sabbath just happens automatically it doesn't happen automatically and a good way to think about this is you know i really feel like there are two different kind of modes of resting. Uh, I don't know if you watch, you know, TV in the evenings when you're tired and, you know, you just chuck on some Netflix or whatever and you kind of binge watch a show. That's sort of resting, but it's really passive. And it actually, um, whilst, you know, it can be enjoyable, it kind of just saps more energy. Mm. You know, after watching TV, you usually just like feel like a potato um, but there are other kind of forms of rest that actually kind of engage us. Mm. Um, you know, when you're eating a great meal and you're with wonderful people and you're not working, but you're actually somehow being awakened and energized in the moment or when you uh, go for a walk and kind of listen to the sounds of nature and lift your eyes. To me, that's a helpful way of thinking about mm. it. Sabbath is about how do we create that kind of rest that engages us rather than rest that continues to further potato us. <laughs> I don't want to be a potato. No, and I'm not there's nothing wrong with that kind of just crash out, have yeah, some yeah. fun, but that is probably different than what sabbath is. That's yeah. kind of worth noting. I love the idea of like recreation is things that you do and engage in that that recreate you. Like the, it's, it's recreation. Something that is like renewing you, filling you with energy, something you love, it's life-giving. And for me, like, like you're saying, viewing Sabbath through that lens, like what, what recreates me, what, what renews me, um, that's what a good way. What fills my tank, what? as some would say. <laughs> that's good. That's good. Um, I, think, I think the best place to start, and then we can work from there, is what the Jews have done. Um, so obviously... This has come from um, the Judeo kind of tradition, right from the Hebrew Bible. You know, thousands and thousands and thousands of years, the Jews have practiced Sabbath uh, right up to this day. Um, and so to look at what 
what the Jews see as, as best practice. Um, and it is fairly rigid. Um, and, and we'll talk about that as well. But in terms of a Jewish Sabbath, uh, it starts on sundown on Friday, or actually just a few moments before the sun sets. And it goes to sundown on Saturday. So a whole 24-hour period. And uh, importantly, it doesn't just begin sort of at that moment, sun, sun's going down, suddenly I've got to remember the Sabbath. You are anticipating it and preparing for it leading up to it. In fact, the day before Sabbath is called the day of preparation. And the idea of the day of preparation, uh, again, in kind of a Jewish context is, you know, um, literally right down to every detail as far as pre-folding the toilet paper so that when you yeah. go to the toilet, you don't have to do the work of, yeah. of ripping it. Yeah. Um, but this idea that, you know, your house is cleaned on the day of preparation, your food is cooked on the day of preparation, your pantry is filled so that when the Sabbath begins, you can enter a space of um, no, no kind of domestic work or mm. responsibility mm. as well as that kind of outside of the housework. Yeah, that's right. And that's one of the key ideas of Sabbath. There is no work whatsoever, not just paid work, but, uh, you know, housework, um, chores, you know, even, even to the point of like feeding your pets, like they make sure that their pets are fed for the whole day. Um, so they don't have to work or fold the toilet paper or whatever it is, which is kind of why to go back to our, one of our previous episodes, this is kind of why people were getting angry at Jesus for healing people. Cause we might read that and we're like, that doesn't seem like work or, you know, he's walking through a field with his disciples, picking the heads of grains of wheat. Uh, it's, it's, I guess, taking things to such an extreme so that it's like really don't do anything that is exerting yourself even in the slightest. Mm. Yep. Uh, another key practice that the Jews will do is go to the synagogue on Saturday. Saturday is like when you go to church um, and that is kind of like our Sunday gathering for us in our tradition um, or Sunday service. Um, and so church uh, is a key part of that for the, for the Jews. Um, so there's a communal aspect to Sabbath. Yes. Sabbath is not just about you as an individual. It is about you as an individual within a context of community and family and uh, a place of worship that is shared. Yeah, and the beauty about you know the Sabbath being the same for everyone in Jewish culture is that everyone is on Sabbath. And so it is this kind of like communal space where everyone is has stopped and slowed down which is like that's really unheard of in in our culture now and um i love one of the practices that they uh they do is they don't drive anywhere and so practically uh you'll see like jewish communities live within walking distance of their synagogue which i think is so cool because uh you know from my experience just recent history trying to start a church plant a church and uh really wanting to be uh, present and engaged in our neighborhood. Uh, we practically live in a space now where we can walk to church. And I love that. And I love that there's other people in our community that can walk to church as well. Um, can you just imagine what that, if, if we stopped using cars on Sundays, what that would do to our community? Uh, it'd be kind of yeah. cool. Now with everything that we've said so far, there are probably all sorts of things going off in people's heads where they're like, well, my church or my synagogue is beyond uh, walking distance or, you know, I have to work on Sundays 
Or, you know, I'm a pastor. How does that look when that's part of my role? Or there might be numerous things going off in your head that go, I can't do it that way. And that is okay. We're starting with this, this picture of what it was uh, and, and what it still is for some people so that we can then begin to nuance that and talk about, okay, well, how do we actually take the principles and shift them into some different contexts? Yeah, it's great. Peter Scazzaro, um, who wrote a really good book that I highly recommend called, the Emo- called Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. Um, there's a whole bunch of kind of books in those series, but he, he talks about four characteristics, four kind of guiding principles that, that distinguish a Sabbath from a day off. Um, and those four things, the first one is to stop. So to stop any, um, any work, paid or unpaid. So it includes housework. Uh, and there's probably uh, an idea in that that you stop it whether or not it's ready to be stopped. Mm. So there's almost like this thing is still in progress, mm. but for today I'm putting the tools down, I'm putting the paper aside, and I'm just going to let that rest and I'll come back to it. Yeah. So stop doesn't mean finish, mm. it means pause. Yeah, that's good. So yeah, the first one, stop. The second one is to rest. What are the things that, like we were saying before, that recreate you, that you find uh, replenish you and give you life? The third one is to, to delight in the world, to be present to the things that God has gifted you with that are, that are great. You know, enjoy the place where you live, enjoy great food, um, you know, good coffee or whatever, where, whatever your thing is, go for a walk, enjoy creation, just to, just to be present and, and see and, yes. and uh, soak in the blessings that God has given us. I, I love that one because I think that is what... Um, in some ways, safeguards Sabbath from just becoming a religious ritualistic exercise and actually helps to remind us that Sabbath is about joy and delight and wonder. Mm. And if those aren't what you're experiencing, then something needs to change. Yep. If it becomes about just this sort of anxiety around, am I resting right? Rather than, oh, I can now look up and be mindful and celebrate the sun on my skin and the breeze in the, you know sort of on the in the sky like all of those things um, yeah they are so crucial to to the idea of sabbath yeah i love that so stop rest delight and and the last one is to con- contemplate so allow yourself some sort of space to engage with god uh, whatever that looks like for you and so you know typically some people Typically, you know, for generations, church has been a part of people's Sabbath rhythm, um, which is a way of engaging with God. But there's all sorts of ways you can do that. For sure. Uh, Eugene H. Peterson, uh, the, uh, you know, author of uh, the message sort of translation of the Bible and, um, you know, just a, a lifelong pastor, learner and writer in the area of practical discipleship, um, he basically describes Sabbath as a day to pray and play, which I think is very similar to those four things that you just said, where at the essence of it, there's, there's a spiritual component of engaging with the divine, stopping to pray, being contemplative, um, having that conversation with God. But also remember that it's really important to play. Mm. What does that look like for you? Is, is it a day um, that you surf? Is it a day that you paint? Is it a day that you garden? Um, and I think part of the trick of that and one of the things that I find, you know, I have to work out is there are aspects of my work that are 
enjoyable to me, like as a as a writer, mm. I could use my Sabbath to to write. But to me, it's important that I actually do something different. So for me, if I was to do some garden work on the Sabbath, that's a form of rest that's very different to my other six days. Whereas if you are a horticulturist, then maybe on your Sabbath, get away from the garden and do yeah. something else. It's kind of that what what looks like play to you is going to be different. Yeah, absolutely. And And I think we are big advocates of working out what works for you, being creative, being playful, trying different things out. And so I love that that uh, the process of identifying those principles that you want to be present in your Sabbath, um, you know, play and and pray or, you know, stop, rest, delight, contemplate, um, rather than hard and fast rules around not using a car or whatever. 100%. And, and for you, you may end up with a rule for yourself around not using your car, but it has to come from a place of, of principle. What are you actually trying to, trying to make space for um, and what are some boundaries that actually help that happen and it's really up to you I think it's useful to take those questions and say uh, for me is this currently a day that would be represented by um, those ideas of stop rest delight contemplate or is this a day of pray and play um, only you can answer that only you can answer whether or not you're experiencing that in a way that's meaningful and has depth to you. Um, and, yeah, I think we would say we're not going to give any sort of broad set of rules. At the same time, creating your own rules is important. So it's sort of not not a rejection of rules, but it's about you work out what are the ones that are actually going to be conducive to life and creativity and freedom for you. Mm-hmm. I thought it would be great then uh, with all that in mind um, just for you and I will to talk about some recommendations from our experiences of Sabbath and that's only two experiences but we've both been practicing this for a number of years really um, with varying levels of success through different seasons and you know sometimes I'm really good at it and sometimes I'm not. Um, same, I find, same. And I so find important to say that, you know, just acknowledge absolutely. that we are committed to this, but that doesn't mean we're experts. Yep. And even now, after doing it for a few years, there are days where I really feel like I don't enter that rest in the way that I would like to, and I know that it's my fault. Mm. So just, you know, starting with that honest acknowledgement, don't look to us as experts, but join us as learners. Absolutely. And, and this, for me, exposes how addicted I am to work, yeah. to feeling accomplished, to getting things done on my checklist, to um, you know a, a digital addiction, and all that stuff will come up in this. But that's all healthy things because it's you know we're dealing with that whether we practice Sabbath or not. Um, Sabbath can just sure. be part of the antidote to some of those things. Yep. Um, so uh, just from from our perspective some recommendations, some, some best practices um, around starting a, a rhythm of, of Sabbath. Um, the first one for me is around making it an actual 24-hour period. Um, if you c- can only do less than that, then that's all you can do. But um, my recommendation, try as hard as you can, work as hard as you can at creating a 24-hour block every week and make it the same day every week. There's something in the power of the rhythm, which we see in Genesis 1, of six 
and one, six and one. There's something um, restorative about that about that rhythm, and that just naturally, you know, fits with the idea of creating habits. Because if it's the same day every week, you'll find that after you've done it for a while, you will have those cue points that we've talked about previously, and those familiar kind of triggers that sort of send you into uh, that habit. So that is great. Uh, obviously we want to acknowledge some people are shift workers. Some people don't have the luxury of the same day every week. So if that is you, maybe whenever you get your roster, it's sort of a matter of actually sitting down with that roster, looking at the next three or four weeks or whatever it is and scheduling those things in. But if you can kind of block it out in advance, um, whether that's the same day every week and you block that day out, like for me, my Sabbath day in my calendar is just a no-go zone. Nothing is ever put on the calendar on that day. For you, you might have to do it the other way around where it's kind of like you're identifying where in the calendar over the next four weeks are my four blocked out days. But yeah, we recommend being intentional about that Mm. before you get to it. For sure. Uh, One of the Jewish practices as well in starting the Sabbath is to have some tradition around that. Um, For for Jews, it's it's lighting two candles. as a uh, from the Old Testament commandments, remember and observe. Um, but just that idea of uh, bookcasing your day in a little bit of tradition for us, um, this is what we we try and do all the time. Our our, our our Sabbath is from sundown to sundown, so we try and um, start our Sabbath watching the sunset and finish our Sabbath watching the sunset. Beautiful. Um, that hasn't always been the case because I've worked on Sundays and uh, our Sabbath is on a Monday, so Sunday night to Monday night. Um, but pretty much mostly we finish our Sabbath with watching the sunset. I'm, I'm going to move. I've just sort of stopped working at at, uh, at Narara, which, which has night services, and I no longer have a night service to attend. And so we will be picking up that, sab- that, that sort of tradition soon of watching the sunset, which I – which I love. I think it's a beautiful thing of bringing yourself back to the moment. But just just the general concept of having some tradition that that starts your Sabbath and ends your Sabbath. Yeah, and the, the starting in the evening thing I find incredibly useful because one thing I find with the practice of Sabbath every week is that Sabbath takes its time to do its work in me, which is partly why 24 hours is a good idea because to me I actually feel like even halfway through my Sabbath, I feel different to how I felt at the beginning. So to actually start with, if I start in the evening and I light a candle or for me, I switch my phone off the the evening that I start my Sabbath and I'm still kind of usually in like, you know, my brain is still kind of spinning pretty fast and thoughts are going around in my head. Um, but I, I sort of disconnect and then as I enter my sleep, it's like my brain is probably still doing that work of untangling and when I start the day and I'm disconnected, it's kind of like it's just starting to sink in. So anyway, all that to say, starting in the evening can be a really useful way of whatever those rituals are, is just beginning. You don't sort of enter rest in one minute. You know, you take um, you take time to enter rest. So if you can start that with a sleep, for example, is a really good practical way of going, yeah, this is, this is how my rest starts and yep. it continues when I wake up. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, you and I, we both turn our phones off, which uh, would be a strong recommendation of mine. A hard thing in our culture, but, um, and, and it, you know, it brings out, it really 
brings to the forefront your your addiction to your phone. I, I feel this all Absolutely. the time. Um, but in a culture where we are always connected, like no humans have ever experienced that until really our generation. And we don't fully know the effects that that has on us. Um, it is changing us and rewiring us. And so um, the act of disconnecting, I've found in my own heart, in my own um, peacefulness, restfulness is just so helpful. It's huge. It for me is probably the most significant element of my Sabbath, which makes it a different day. And, you know, this is kind of the idea in the Old Testament, you know, in, in the kind of um, Jewish scriptures, which are shared by Christians, obviously the Old Testament, uh, the idea is a day that is set apart, a day that is different, a day that is somehow not like the other days. And so for me to have one day where I'm disconnected, one day where I'm offline is a huge way of signaling something is different here. I am unavailable to anyone else uh, except to myself, Spirit of God, and and my wife and boys. Yeah. And on a very practical note, like if I don't have my phone on me, I'm much more engaged with my wife Mel because, you know, in, in other times where I would just sort of disengage and, and look on Instagram, like I've got no other option except to be with her. Um, and like that another human being in front of you, is, is one of the greatest gifts we can have. But very rarely do we have that without some sort of interruption of a phone or something in our pocket to, to take us away when there's, you know, an awkward 15-second silence or, you yes. know, you're waiting in line or, you know, anything like that. And this is a big one where I think, you know, this is really hard to do if you haven't got a practice of this at the beginning, but you build up an expectation for people around you and the more that you do this, because you start off and you're like, I couldn't have my phone off for 24 hours. You know, people need me, people contact me, blah, 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 blah. Um, but the more that you do this and the more that you're public about it, you'll find that um, people stop trying to contact you on that day. Yeah. And, you know, you, you maybe in the beginning you turn your phone off at the end of the day and feel super important because you've got a few missed calls. As time goes on, if you just continue in that practice, you'll turn your phone on and feel kind of depressed because... No one's contacted you, but the it's actually awesome. because The world like, has gone on without you and people are okay. It's amazing, isn't it? It is. <laughs> it's actually a beautiful feeling. Like it's, it's so freeing. Yep. Uh, particularly, you know, with the work that we're in, pastoring people, um, to take ourselves out of the equation and realize people are okay. Even if there is an emergency that day, like 98% of the time, I don't need to be there. You know, it's helpful if I'm there sometimes. Yeah. If there's an emergency, people, call an ambulance. <laughs> Don't call Will Small. Don't call Benj Gould. Um, and if you're a paramedic, then, you know, <coughs> you probably need that Sabbath time where people can't contact, contact you just as much as anybody else. So um, seriously, that I can't recommend anything more highly than that. Yep. Disconnecting, yep. whatever that looks like for you. Um, and, you know, obviously, if you've got practicalities around um, – significant phone call happening on that day or whatever, then switch your phone on at the time of that call mm. and turn it off apart from that. Whatever you can do, start small, but seriously have some way of disconnecting. Um, if you're a tech addict, which most of us these days are, that is a game changer. Yeah, huge. Some other great things is just to enjoy life. Eat some great food. Mel and I will always go out for, for brunch 
on our Sabbath. Sometimes we'll we'll travel, we go we'll go explore places, um, but just enjoy, just eat, eat some good stuff, have some wine, have lots of good coffee. Drink, um, drink a craft beer and notice it. That's one of my Sabbath practices. On. You know, like I go and I find something that's really, you know, different and uh, I enjoy actually really savouring every sensation on my taste buds. Yep. Um, I also, yeah, starting with a good breakfast is huge for us. So that will either be going out for breakfast or it'll be if we're at home, then we're, we're having, you know, a, a fry up and uh, just celebrating, you know, slow down, celebrate. Definitely food is a huge part of Sabbath for me. Yeah. Yeah. Which when you hear all of this, it's kind of funny because it's like this is a spiritual discipline. It takes work, but it's so filled with celebration. It it's is. It's so filled with delight. And, uh, you know, actually I just feel like so much of our life is lived in anticipation, is lived looking forward to when we finish the thing, when we can go on the holiday, when we can, you know, graduate the degree we're kind of constantly pushing for these things but we don't often stop to just celebrate the very gift of life that we have today if you've got breath in your lungs today stop notice mm. it mm. what an amazing thing yeah and it's giving yourself permission to just enjoy things that you enjoy a whole day to like do things that you love doing eat things that you love eating um and i i love that um just just the act of slowing down um, being more mindful, being more present, taking deep breaths, absolutely. All that stuff is is um, bringing you to the moment so that you can enjoy it, and that's what Sabbath is all about. Because we live, you know, so often in our lives just moving on to the next thing. We've got the next meeting, the next call, the next to do list. You know, the next scroll, the next Netflix show just automatically comes on. Um, so much that we miss the moment. Like you were saying before, we're always looking forward to the next thing. Uh, Sabbath is a practice to bring us back here. And it is also this idea of, you know, when you do have that kind of rolling one thing into the other that life often is, you don't have the time or the space to really process what has happened or what is coming. And so for me, I find that on my Sabbath, it's often where things rise to the surface mm. as my thoughts uh, move into a different space. I realize that there's still something I'm hanging on to from several weeks ago or there's still a comment that was made that has stuck to me. And so having that space to process the good and the bad and to really let things rise to the surface, um, you know, there's a whole bunch of research around um, creativity needs boredom, mm. Uh, play, you know, the, the reason people have brilliant ideas in the shower or on the toilet or walking the dogs is because you're actually in a space where your mind is not forced to be engaged in active conversation or mental work or anything like that. So Sabbath is just a big block of seeing what rises to the surface and allowing yourself to feel it. Absolutely. And, and if you are in any sort of creative profession – where you are creating things, um, like that act for your brain, like this will make you more productive. Like having 100%. an actual Sabbath will make you so much better at your job or what you do in the other six days. Yeah. I think the other note to sort of go with that is you might get struck by brilliant ideas on that day 
and you might be tempted to jump in and create that thing or go and do that thing, I would say just make a note of it, get it out of your brain, but as much as you can resist the urge to move back into work. Yep. You know, you might find that in rest, great ideas come, but don't act on them yep. in that moment. Yep. Try and resist that. And the urge is strong, particularly if you love your work. It is, it is a fight, but it is worth the fight. Um, just just uh, another practical note, I always try and take a nap, which is awesome. I, I love naps and uh, I enjoy that. So good. And no shame. Do you know a big thing for me uh, as far as thinking about best practice in the practicalities of this day is don't feel bad about anything like that. I'm the kind of person that if I have a nap in the daylight, I'm like, oh, those were wasted hours. You know, I, I was sort of, you know, used to say things like sleep is the cousin of death. You know, I never sleep because sleep is the cousin of death. It's actually a lyric from a Nas song. Uh, but, you know, I, I would sort of would have this mindset of, well, I don't want to do anything like that when I could be using that time squeezing the experiences out of life. But I think a key part of Sabbath is if you just end up napping for twice the amount of time than you wanted to or you just end up doing nothing of practical productive value in the world that day then don't feel guilty about it celebrate it like surrender to it is probably a huge word for me about sabbath is this idea of surrender mm. just lean into it mm. if your body's telling you that you just need to sit in the sun and let your thoughts unwind for as long as it takes then do that and we are going to hear soon uh from uh, my wife who is going to talk a little bit about you know what that looks like with kids because obviously a lot of this might sound super decadent and unrealistic if you are have people that are dependent on you or you have other responsibilities we are going to speak to that but just the principle is whatever it looks like for you be gentle and kind to yourself and surrender to not always having to be productive absolutely yep and so take those best practices Use the ones you want, throw the other ones out, make your own rules, be playful with it, work out what works good for you. Um, and, and particularly, you know, if you do have a family, um, do this as a whole family thing. This is a practice, not just, this is not just a personal practice, this is a communal practice. And so do it with your, your spouse, your kids. Um, you know, if you're single, you know, you might want to build in rhythms of spending some of that sabbath time with people how can you do that um in a way that's kind of good and life-giving for you um whether you're an introvert or an extrovert um i'm an introvert so my sabbath is spent more alone but i still have time with mel and um and other people as well so and i think there's a a a sort of self-awareness piece there where you do need to um like i'm an extrovert but for me, that means that a part of my Sabbath needs to be introverted because I need to create space to be with myself. Or you might find that your natural is to just be with yourself and so there's actually a good thing about you know being with some other people. So take all of that as the foundation, as part one of the episode. And uh, part two is we're going to chat to two people at different life stages, acknowledging and recognising that if we're going to talk about getting practical with this stuff, those practicalities are different depending on what your life looks like, what your responsibilities are, what your job is, all of that sort of stuff. So we're going to chat to uh, two friends of ours, uh, well, one friend and one wife, and uh, hear how this looks in their context. They're both my friends. One of them is my wife. She's also my friend. So they're both my friends too. Good. Good.
feel like it's gonna be hard to get anything serious. <laughs> We're gonna get real serious here. Thank you for agreeing to this short conversation. <laughs> You're welcome. We are sitting in amongst chaos. a typical weeknight of chaos. The house books everywhere. is a bombshell. We're huddled beneath or in amongst all of the craziness just with a couple of microphones. Kids still awake, popping out every couple minutes. How on earth do we create Sabbath in the midst of this? That is the question when, when it can seem pretty relentless. And I guess part of interviewing you is about speaking to all the people out there who have small children who live in the seemingly 24-7 chaos about what it looks like to intentionally create rhythms of rest and Sabbath. So I just want to ask you, what does Sabbath mean to you in the context of life as a full-time mum? Sanity. Can you explain? (laughs) (laughs) Explain a little bit more what you mean. Life is chaotic. And uh, it's relentless and full on and without brief moments of rest or uh, I guess noticeable difference from kind of the ongoing work of parenthood, um, I, I wouldn't really survive. So it's a day that's different? Yeah. Well, we have one day a week that's different. There are also moments throughout each day where I try to put a little bit of rest in, but one whole day that's different. And could you share a little bit about what that day means for you when you know that it's coming, when it's the day before? What do you know you're kind of looking forward to and anticipating? Um, I think just joy, really. Um, Things that we enjoy together as well as kind of being intentional about listening to what I need, which I don't often have time to do um, and not always good at, but I guess trying to think about on the Sunday before we have Monday is our rest day. Um, We always kind of ask, what do you want to do tomorrow? And um, it's a moment to actually ask what we actually need, whether that's, going out for breakfast or having some time to ourselves, or actually just having moments of connection together. So it's a chance to look after um, ourselves and one another. So, so much of your life is about meeting the needs of others Mm. and it's a day to ask, well, what do I need? Yeah. Yeah. And so I just want you to maybe talk me through an example of a really good Sabbath day Mm. with kids. What does that look like to you? Yeah, well, we we believe that you can take children to cafes. So firstly, it's you giving me some sleep in the morning and taking the children somewhere. And then uh, us going to one of our favourite cafes and just leisurely having breakfast, uh, preferably them sitting somewhat still and enjoying their baby chinos. And... Uh, <laughs> I guess usually it's connecting with nature in some way. Um, usually it's having a moment to myself and um, also kind of allowing myself to be free from 
the uh, the jobs and the things and the endless lists that I have all the time rolling around my head and constantly have reminders of. As I look around the lounge room, there are about 50 reminders of things I should do or pick up. Or, um, But, yeah, just kind of telling myself it's okay to not do those things that day. Surrendering. In fact, you even get, you know, a little frustrated with me at times because part of our, um, I guess, dynamic on that day off is that I have impulses, even though I love Sabbath, I still kind of want to restore things and clean things and tidy and bring about order. And sometimes that can become its own kind of work. And so you sometimes are almost saying like, hey, let's just let it be crazy if that means we can actually surrender to how things are and rest. And I think that's a difficult thing as a mum is that my work is – looking after the house so for a lot of people that's what they do on their day off but that's what I do every day so that's why I need to check in with myself whether it's a day where that would be helpful and actually beneficial to kind of reset our house in that way or whether I just need a day where that's completely absent and the house is chaotic but we just I'm just free to be and enjoy something different and what do you notice other things that you feel like on that Sabbath day happen in you? Are there things that you notice about your sense of self and how you feel on that day compared to others? Yeah, um, there are multiple things that can happen. One thing is that I can feel deeply uncomfortable and kind of uh, in conflict with myself. It's really hard to stop and to not be busy and I feel the struggle there. Um, if I kind of can push past that, then I feel, I guess, a deep sense of, um, calm or stillness. Um, yeah, I guess that joy and, um, yeah, probably connection is probably the best word, whether with you and the boys or whether with nature or God or connection or even to myself sometimes I feel like not really connected to myself so it's a moment to do that yeah awesome just quickly um as you think about how life has changed going from no kids to one kid and then one kid to two kids and there's been all kinds of other changes you know we've moved houses and changed what work looks like we've kind of had to continue to recreate and experiment with this day. Mm. Um, But we have constantly known that we need to sort of figure it out. We need to keep experimenting. We need to keep working it out. Do you feel like for you there are things you've learnt as we've continued to try and do Sabbath even in the midst of change in our lives and adding people to our family? Not sure what your question is. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't really sure what it was either. <laughs> Maybe just something about I think some people might go, Well, obviously it's easy to do this if you have no kids. Mm. It's hard to do this if you have one. Maybe it seems almost impossible if you have a couple or more. And yet we're still trying to do it. But do you have anything to say for people that might feel like as life changes? just seems like you just it's impossible 
Yeah, well, I think it is impossible to have the same day that you had before kids. And I think even, you know, like going to a cafe, it's not the same experience that it was before we had kids. We can't sit there for an hour and a half peacefully, have this amazing in-depth conversation. I think we have to have realistic expectations of what that will look like and be able to find enjoyment despite the differences and I think it's the same with the whole day we um we still need to do the routines for the children we still need to feed them we still need to change dirty nappies and all these things that still have to happen but um I guess if we change enough things on that day or even just release ourselves from enough things and are intentional enough about that day then it is actually still restful and is still um, a Sabbath for us. Yeah. But it definitely looks different than it did and so, that it does for people without kids. Yeah. One of the things I love most about you and being married to you and one of the things I constantly learn from you is to view things um, through the eyes of our children, not just to view them as um, – passengers coming along for the ride with us, but actually they're worthy of being factored into how we think about things. I love that you role model that and teach that to me. Um, What do you think practicing Sabbath, even at this stage of life, will mean for our boys as they grow up? What do you think they learn from it? I think it's just becoming the norm that that's, a healthy rhythm in their life. And um, I guess it's countercultural. It, we're taught that productivity is the most important thing. This is saying that productivity actually is nothing without rest. You need both. Um, so hopefully they will kind of hold on to that and learn that they need to both find what they're good at and work at, but also that they need to... Um, release themselves from that and just be still and um, connect with themselves and with others and with God. I am here with my good friend Mitch and my neighbour. He lives across the road from me and uh, we get to conspire for the good of of Stella Street, which is fun. Mitch is, uh, it works in, in care houses, working with kind of um, youth and young people who, who don't have a home or can't be where they were. Um, he works as a firefighter, retained, and so he's on call a lot and uh, has just finished up his role as a chaplain in, in a few different schools. And so um, he is a guy who's sort of juggling a lot of things and a lot of shift work and being on call and all yep. sorts of stuff. And I remember we were having a conversation uh, a couple of months ago about how you were sort of uncovering and finding this, this practice of Sabbath. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I, um, I guess I came out of a pretty busy year into a busy year without realizing it. And uh, Craig Corkill, the senior pastor at Narrow Valley Baptist and grandpa Craig, as we call him at Greenhouse Church, he gave me a list of books to read in 2019. So I got to my second book of the year and it was The Emotionally Healthy Leader by Peter Scazzaro. 
And um, it goes through a lot of spiritual practices that he feels the Western culture is missing um, in spirituality. So I got to the one on Sabbath and I was reading it. And, you know, I've heard all about Sabbath growing up as well, not growing up, but, you know, in my time as a Christian. And I was like, yeah, yeah, take some time for yourself, a day a week just to re- relax or whatever. But it's much more than that. There's like a whole – the concept oh, The concept is that if you have a strict time frame um, where you can relax and rest, you'll find a lot more peace and time of God. So I was really reading it and struggling, and there was a lot of unrest within myself. I was like, what is – what's happening? I was reading Sabbath, and I was feeling convicted. And I realized I didn't have any time in my life where I slowed down. And so I just decided by the time I ended reading that part of the book, I was like, I'm just going to do a Sabbath. So I just started doing one. And that's how it started. Mm. So what does that look like for you now? Yes. So like you're saying about my job, sometimes it's tricky because I have to be an on-call firefighter when I'm not at my primary employment. And so I, I picked a day where I don't have a shift and I just make myself unavailable for 24 hours. So I do it from sunset to sunset. Tuesday night to Wednesday night. And so that involves me um, shutting down a whole lot of apps on my phone and not using my phone as much. Um, It involves me not working, not doing any sort of intense work or chores or jobs. I like to like mow my lawn leading up to the sunset. So it's like I'm getting my lawn done, ready for the Sabbath. And um, in that I, I then just relax, I rest, I contemplate where I am with God and spend time with God and uh, just enjoy life, try to enjoy life and slow down. Mm, that's awesome. Mm. And so you can actually, on your phone, you can lock down certain apps, right? Yes, you can. Yeah, on screen time, on Apple at least, uh, you can set up a downtime period where your phone is locked down from this time to another time. That's awesome. And yeah, yeah, and you can pick which apps you can and can't access. So say you want to still access your Bible app, you can still do that or your notes or stuff like that. It's great. Yeah. It's a good handy little tip. It is from handy. From Mitch Rogers. Oh, it's nice. And, uh, you know, you spend time outside and watching yeah. the sunset and yeah, all sorts yep. of stuff. You Sunrise, do stuff sunset. that kind of fuels you, mm. makes you feel rested, fuels your relationship with God. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you know, within that, I am a different, everyone is different to each other. So, there, there's particular things you will find that help you. Mm. And that's what I've been discovering. It's been great. Yeah. That's good. And, you know, as soon as you started practicing that, what benefits did you feel oh i felt well i definitely felt rested i felt like i could finally breathe i I remember getting up early for a sunrise which is hard when you do multiple jobs especially late shift work so i got up for a sunrise and it just felt amazing i was able to really be present and take it all in and breathe you know Mm -hmm. so that was great i hadn't had that ever i don't think it's awesome Mm. it's awesome and uh we were having a conversation a few weeks ago uh, about in, in our last season of Inhabit, I talked about the concept of the J curve, mm. which if you picture a graph and a J on that graph, you know, whenever you start something new and you practice a new habit, um, you kind of start at a certain point and things seem good, but then slowly over time it, it kind of gets worse. It, it dips and it gets harder and you're yeah. like, well, is this actually – better for me or is this just exactly um you know other stuff comes up and it it becomes hard to keep sabbath particularly but if you stick through the j curve you sort of go up um and it becomes much better than than what you started and uh you said you were listening to that podcast episode and you're like that's me like i'm experiencing yes experiencing the j 
Yeah, so for, I've been doing Sabbath for about two months or so at that point, and I was driving, listening to the podcast, and as I, you said that in the podcast, I was like, oh, wow, that is, that's where I'm at. And that was actually reassuring, like, because I, for a few weeks there, I was like, am I wasting my time? Like, am I just being lazy, or am I actually doing it? So, because with mean, Sabbath, you don't want to overthink it, but also you don't want to waste it. It's like that delicate balance, and that's hard for someone like me with multiple jobs, like you quick to want to do something you want to solve it fix it do it and it's actually reassuring hearing that i'm on that curve because i was like i'm really feel like i'm wasting my time so i think that's been helpful because even to the point that like today was thursday yesterday would have been my sabbath and because of mandatory training for work i didn't have one but i'm i've been able to i've missed that i haven't had one which means i'm going to continue to have them mm. and i feel reassured that you know that's all right as part of the j curve mm. Onwards and upwards. Yeah, that's great. So you you were you're experiencing the the hardness of Sabbath, but since yesterday you didn't have one, and you can feel the result of not having one. Oh yeah. And so you know there's 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 hope. There's good things in there. Yes. And uh, onwards and upwards. Onwards and upwards. I love it. Thanks, man. No worries. Thanks for having me. Music for Inhabit has been produced by our legendary friend Josh Corkill. Inhabit is a collaborative project between Narara Valley Baptist Church and Greenhouse Church Long Jetty. If you think there is value in this conversation, help us reach more people by giving us a positive rating and writing a short review on the iTunes Store or Apple Podcasts. And of course, share it around on your social media and continue the conversation with the people around you. We'll catch you next time on Inhabit.